Shelly. If you, if you act like you don't know this song, you know you know this song. Follow that, girl. I got it. Everybody knows this song. Well, I, was, I was expecting Beyonce. Nice. Oh, Beyonce would have been really good. No, my fiance has been attacking me with Beyonce for about a week now. I'm okay. Like, good Lord. <laughs> we are so excited to have you. Welcome. We Happy are to be welcome. here. Oh, okay. So where are you at this very moment? Are you well, in your I'm, home? I'm at, I'm at my home right now. In Arkansas. Nice. So I'm in Arkansas and I'm nice. going back and forth into the office. We really, um, right away when COVID hit, we sent, um, for the most part, anyone that could do their work from home, we actually sent home. But for the most part, if you think about it, JD, almost all of our employees are essential and they can't do their work from home. Oh. So our truck drivers certainly can't work from home and our maintenance yeah. technicians and our operations teams that directly support uh, all of our frontline, every one of those are still um, reporting in the office. We have had maybe 50, 60% so we could socially distance, but nice. our corporate office, we're uh, all in the background in support. And so our corporate <laughs> office uh, really for the most part has been at home for the last several weeks. I love that. So Jess says she loves your accent. Oh, I do too. I absolutely <laughs> how did, so how did you handle the first few weeks that um, like everybody was scrambling? Uh, yeah, I, I, I remember like um, hosting our first discussion and it yeah. was very early and we did that in our boardroom. And um, I think a lot of us were like, hmm, is this really going to happen? I actually was at um, with some investors and they were asking me about COVID way back. Wow early March. And wow. I said, no, I'm not sure. They were asking me about freight flows and what was going to happen. And so we started preparing then. Uh, but we really made the call on a Friday. And by that Monday morning, everybody was working from home. So we were out pretty early. We had about a week to, to make sure everybody was prepared. We have a full um, business team that works on that. And so they had been working on it, making sure that all of our teams were ready to go. I was about to ask you that, Shelly, because JB Hunt seems to always respond so quickly. No matter what it is, you guys are like on it. So there's a team that you have as far as I would almost call them like a contingency team that is looking out and about in the future, forecasting, trying to keep kind of a pulse on the industry so you can change at the drop of a dime. So we have a, we call it our BCDR team. So it's really our business continuity team. And okay. that team is comprised of people that have a full-time job, um, yeah. but really uh, can help connect us on how we should be doing business and what that should look like. So whether it's this or something else that would be something that we have to adjust to that team meets, we meet, um, we've been meeting every single morning at 730 in the morning with all oh. of our senior level leaders on our BCDR updates. That takes about 20 to 30 minutes where we go all the way through what's happening from a COVID perspective to what's happening in the business. We've just recently taken it to three times a week. Um, and that's mostly because a lot of things aren't changing as much except for what's happening from a case count, but we've all stayed very connected and we'll continue to stay connected from that perspective. Shelly, I'm getting some questions here and I know we're going to jump in a little bit, but okay. uh, this sounds weird, but somebody just asked me, what company does Shelly work with and what do they do? So yeah, that's okay. Yeah, so I'm glad they asked that. So I'm Shelly Simpson. I've been with the company for 26 years. I serve on our executive leadership team. Uh, so I lead all of our commercial aspects, 
from a sales marketing customer experience, but our commercial side's from a technology side as well. And then I'm president wow. of our truckload services, so both brokerage and assets. So that'd be JVT and ICS. So that's the role I play in the company. And JB Hunt is really a large 3PL asset-based organization that is empowered through technology. And so that's really what we do as a company. We are uh, on a mission as an organization to create the most efficient transportation network in North America. And that's what's driving us every single day. And that's I'm like about to kick my butt because I'm about to ask one more question. Okay. Shelly, when I hear 26 years, I hear that you were in transportation before it was cool. I hear <laughs> that you were in transportation back when there weren't a lot of ladies in leadership. So as you've gone through the time with J.B. Hunt, and J.B. Hunt's a fantastic company, what did that look like for you as far as seeing the development of technology, but also just the inclusiveness of ladies having a seat at the table now? What, what did that look like? What was that journey like? Yeah, so um, I actually started in the company in an hourly role. So I started at $7.25 an hour. Wow. Two weeks after I... Um, graduated from college at the University of Arkansas. And it was really just my short-term summer gig uh, nice. until I got my real job. And, yeah. you know, I'm first-generation college. I um, really didn't know a lot about profession or what I should do. I knew I should get a degree because my dad told me I should. Yeah. And um, I was either going to go work for hopefully Walmart or be your local State Farm agent. That was kind of my dreams and aspirations. I was waiting on um, the State Farm job to kind of come through if they would hire me. And a, a buddy of mine told me about J.B. Hunt. You know, wow. what made me stay fairly early on was I just saw uh, the people culture that the company had. And I was super broke and wasn't interested in staying because it was a very male dominated industry. And I just couldn't yep. see what else was available. I couldn't see, um, you know, the fabric of the company. I was, I was in a role that was customer service. I loved working with our customers, uh, but it was very difficult for me. One of the things I did early on was just listen to my mentors and my mentor was my dad at the time. Wow. And, um, that's because dad had greater vision. I was young, 22, didn't want to be broke anymore and was ready to fly. the <laughs> And um, so, you know, I think staying obviously worked out for me. I, I did call in one time sick. Uh, to go on my job interview. And by that point, I had met so many great people. My dad had this advice. The first one was, um, take this job as if it's your last. Mm. And I said, Dad, I'm not staying here. He said, well, you know, they might be your customers. Maybe you want to sell insurance to them. And I thought, okay, that's a really great piece that's of wisdom. advice. But the second one, he said, is, listen, you're in a large company. You've already told me how much you love the people. And, uh, you know, you never know, Shell, you could be the first vice president, you can run the company someday and you should stay inside a company that you think values wow. people. And that's what made me really stay. I only did it out of obedience, not because I was smart. Wow. Um, I will tell you, I've had really, really great mentors along the way. Um, for the most part, they've all been men, but yeah. uh, probably my greatest mentors were people that cared deeply about who I was. So yeah. uh, I was a wife, um, a, a mother, eventually a follower of Christ and just letting me bring my whole self to work and being inclusive for me, understanding that I'm different and people don't have to have my values, but we do have to uphold our values from an integrity of who we are and doing what we say. And, you know, when I feel like I can come in a company and actually I took a step back from being a vice president, I went part-time for two years. Really? Wow. And, um, I came back full time as a senior VP and, you know, I felt so guilty about doing that anyway, that when I came back, the way I was treated um, by our leadership team and just the people I worked so closely with, 
honestly, it's when my blood turned yellow. Wow. Good night, like jeez. Everything she's saying, because right now we have 260 people on Zoom right now, and I did notice on the screen that like JB Hunt people were rolling in. Yeah. And even when we announced uh, the sneak preview on Friday, and then we put up your graphic, uh, the JB Hunt people were just jazzed. They were so excited, and they were messaging me. Um, I we have a. Uh, we have a bunch of JD, JB Hunt people that are in the city of Madropolis. Yes. Um, and uh, I, Brian Parker is probably our most active one. Shining star. <laughs> <laughs> and so him and I talked quite a few times about you coming on. So it's, it's, you're definitely not just speaking um, from your own opinion. Everyone's following you here, and they absolutely love you. So you've got, you've got a Shelly crowd. You should be proud of that. You, do. you got a question here, though, Shelly, and I think it's it's interesting. And let me know if it if you can answer. If you can't, okay. trust me, I, I definitely understand if you if you can't. Um, they said, if you can answer, how do you feel that JB Hunt 360 has disrupted the industry? Yeah. So um, let me try to just take that a, a little bit different, because I, I feel like for so long, all of us in the industry have been disrupted. And it's always someone coming in trying to disrupt the way we do business. And, um, you know, I think that's good. And that's they're entrepreneurial. And that's the way they think. But, you know, for for all of us, we should all be thinking about, you know, what does my cycle of innovation really look like? Um, wow. How do I think about disrupting who I am and what I do? Um, really adapting to that new thought process and what we can do together. And then finally, how do I accelerate through that as an organization? Because we really do believe if you can try to focus forward and not hang on to ideas that will wind up dying over a period of time, really changes the way you can go to market. And honestly, our people, they want to work for a progressive company. They want to work for a company that's constantly thinking about not just the way we do business, JD, but also how we um, are with our people. How are we with yeah. our customers? How do we think differently? Listen, yeah. we, want, we don't want to change anything that's been working for us. Our um, commitment to safety, our commitment to our people, meeting the promises of our customers. We want to say exactly what's important to us and then we want to do it that's a big part of who we are overall and so i think the disruption in the industry that's happened some of that's happening to us and some of it we're doing to ourselves lastly i might say you know we've done a lot of that internally in our own organization it's not like it's been super easy but it's been a great process for us to go through when wow. we very first went into intermodal that was a big deal for us you know being founded by a trucker and a veteran and yeah. trucking being at our roots, our legacy, and then moving into intermodal, moving into the railroads, which were competitors for so long, to say, wait a minute, we can do a little bit of both. That was really our first big disruption. Luckily for so many of us that have been with the company for so long, we know that part of our story. And so we can constantly say, well, what else can we do that would really launch us and leapfrog us to really the next big idea? But why, Shelly? Why are you there so long? Someone asked that question literally as you said it. They said, why does the tenure at J.B. Hunt seem to be so long for your employees? What is it that's so great that keeps people at J.B. Hunt? Listen, I can only speak for myself. And I talked about it just earlier. Mm -hmm. um, but I will tell you this. Um, you know, at JB Hunt is a lot like a family. And I think our industry is that way too. I love meeting and seeing our competitors and people I've worked with forever. It's like every time I go to the big event, I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in a bit. Let's catch up. But you yeah. know what? Our company is really big on 
um, the value system of an individual. And that was incl being inclusive before it was cool to talk about. I didn't really know it at the time, uh, but I always tell people this, listen, I, I don't stay with the company because I can't get another job. Um, yeah. I, I love the people genuinely that I work with yeah, yeah, yeah. and I love what the company stands for. And as long as those two things uh, happen for me, really, um, I'm That's here. That's awesome. That wave, guys, that I just did, there was a, a fly here. I was not telling <laughs> Shelly to, like, hurry up or do nothing. There was a fly. <laughs> so, uh, so, okay, the reason why, the main reason I wanted you on here, many reasons, but the main driving force is that everything that JD and I are working on and everybody who's in Madtropolis and follows and the citizens of Madtropolis, we all are trying to improve who we are. We're freight nerds first. 100%. And we are trying to improve and I'll tell you what, Shelly, uh, CEOs have come on to the show and executives, and they have gotten roasted. Um, and I get, I get a name for that, and I don't apologize for it because sometimes it's necessary. When TQL first came on, first came out into the industry when COVID was going on and they had mass layoffs, who knows what the story was behind that. It's still confusing. And there were other companies doing mass layoffs. We suddenly saw, and I, I, don't, I don't care about J.B. Hunt. They're not my client. They're not paying me. And, um, and I just have no ties. So JB Hunt was doing the opposite as many companies were doing and have continued to do the opposite throughout 100%. the past months. Um, what did we see, J JD? We saw first, I remember that uh, there were bonuses. Is that what we came out, um, mm -hmm. Kelly? And then there were a couple other efforts that were very, and you guys weren't even really bragging. I think social media caught on to what you guys were doing. Bonuses, PPE, they were supporting yes. their their uh, their drivers. They were making sure that everyone in their organization was safe, not just from a director up, but from executive all the way down, checking on their employees. I heard a lot of great feedback about how you guys were communicating that cascade between executive down to entry level. So how, being an executive and being one of the leaders in the industry, how can other companies emulate that type of communication and proactiveness? You know, I don't, I don't, I can't speak for the other companies and what happened, mm. but you know, I talked about this. We did a leadership team talked about this on our earnings call and okay. we really were committed to two priorities in the second quarter and beyond. But for the second quarter, we got asked a lot of questions around, you know, how, what was freight going to do and what, how much we were going to make and all those things. And we said, okay, listen, we've got two big priorities. Our first one is the safety and well-being of our people. Bravo. And that will be at the utmost foremost. And when you think about uh, safety and well-being, well-being equals uh, them feeling safe that they have a job. Wow. And that was important to us. We had done that in the last recession. Um, we had really stuck by our people in the last recession and it made us such a stronger organization. So for those of us all that have been, with the company so long had seen that as a result. And so when we went to working from home, it was actually our first week that we started talking about, uh, you know, what was happening and what our drivers and maintenance technicians and all of our frontline office employees doing for our organization. And honestly, when you think about the heartbeat of our company as our driver, our driver is the voice to our customers or the voice to uh, us internally on how we can do things and do better. Out of our 30,000 employees, 20,000 of those are drivers. And that wow. immediately made us think, you know what, we really should uh, think about a bonus for our frontline. And that's what we did for all of our drivers, all of our maintenance technicians, and anyone that was in the field supporting either one of those, that's actually where we gave a uh, company bonus. 
in total, but we also did things like, um, you talked about PPE, that was important to us, but I would say we did our own PPP, if you will. Um, we wanted to make sure that every single person would continue to earn a paycheck. We had some customers that were shut down. We were moving them to other locations. And then if we couldn't provide them work, we actually continued to pay them um, as an organization. And so I can just say this, we are fortunate as an organization that we are essential to move America's goods. And I think that that means we have the luxury that maybe not everybody has. So I don't really want to say it in judgment of anyone else. Of course, of course. We're in a unique position that we can help lead and we can be in the front. And that's what we want to be focused on. Not so much what others didn't do, but mm -hmm. what our responsibility is to our people. And that's been front and center for us overall. You have a good question here, Shelly. Um, and this is from... James Forrester. He says, without mentioning any company names. So Shelly, on Mad Gains, to give you preface, we are uniting carriers, brokers, and shippers. We realize that the silos have to stop in order for us to come together as the trucking industry together. So that means that brokers are trying to learn about carriers and carriers are trying to learn about brokers and shippers. Yes. So James says, without mentioning any company names, what makes a great shipper? Um, well, I will tell you, in 2014, uh, the phrase shipper of choice became in vogue. And it's because mm. we were going through a tight part of the industry. And so we actually did a study on what created a shipper of choice. And there were 34 attributes okay. uh, that we really graded a customer, if you will. Um, okay. and, and we looked for the correlation between the grading of our customers and shipper of choice. And we actually only found uh, one specific attribute that had a very strong correlation. Okay. And that was length of the contract. And wow. if you think about what that means, it didn't mean that having a great relationship and having good, uh, you know, open dialogue and facility ratings and reviews that that wasn't important because it was, and specifically for our drivers, that's very critical. So for a location, I could mm -hmm. talk about that a little bit different because we do have more specifics around what locations would be of choice. But for right. an overall shipper, when we could get into a longer term agreement, something more than two years, we were able to build our network and eliminate the waste in our system. And we were able to serve our customers better and likewise, they were more strategic with us. Shelly, so, what is, what is the, for the people that aren't freight nerds, what is that contract and what is the waste that that contract eliminates? Ah, oh, that's a great question. So um, most contracts are annual contracts. Sometimes you'll see every two years. But the problem is when you're looking at $84 billion of freight every single year, it's like a Good. jump all for a driver. And so when we're trying to create density and scale and helping eliminate empty miles, which is the waste, we don't get paid for empty miles. So we have to build our empty miles into the price. Yep. But if I can get a piece of business and say, well, let's agree to what the KPIs are that we should both jointly manage, then I can really push it. Stop, Shelly. Stop. Yeah. Stop. You yeah. just, holy crap. She just blew my <laughs> mind with that. So you're telling me you actually communicate about the KPIs that are going to matter not only to JB Hunt, but to the shipper and you guys are monitoring that together. That's right. And that's the most important component for us because remember, if we know what we're getting held accountable to, we can either say we agree or JD, we can also say, wait a minute, that doesn't seem right. And we get on the front end of it versus getting, you know, further down the road. 
Oh, you just got me so excited because what you what you brought up, Shelly, is is communication. I, I don't, Shelly, let me tell you something because, I, okay, calm down, JD, calm down. Don't calm down, don't calm down. Somebody oh, here's the about. thing. Shelly, we're finding that a lot of the shippers are not communicating with their actual carriers or they're not communicating with their brokers. And so we have a lot of, I, this is a phrase I've said since I was young, expectations without communication equals a fantasy. So we have a lot of people that are in relationships and transportation that fantasize over what they want, but they haven't communicated that with the partner that they say they're in an agreement with. So mm -hmm. what you're telling me is you guys don't fantasize. You put it on paper, you talk about it, you measure it, and then you talk about it again if it isn't being measured. So how does, is that's almost like a secret sauce. I mean, and it shouldn't be so secret, but that's a secret sauce. Never well, gonna let this go for a month now. I, I'm pretty sure that we fantasize as well <laughs> about oh what gosh. we want. Um, but but I, I think that it is important. You know, I haven't met a customer that says, hey, JD, I'd really like my facility to be really bad and crummy to your drivers. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to not give you a restroom. I'm going to yeah. make you wait six hours and I feel good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good customers want to figure it out too. Customers want to eliminate the same waste we do. Wow. So how is the, you have a question here. How is the dynamic between the brokerage managers and the asset operations managers? Yeah. Is there the same internal challenge as would be externally? Well, certainly we have our challenges, but, but let me say this. We have what we call highway services and that's, uh, really what I lead inside the organization and inside highway is both our asset part of our company, which is our legacy truckload business and our brokerage business. Both of those actually live with me uh, from a leadership perspective. And so we've done a really nice job over several years, really moving our people in and out of both parts of that company to really understand what's the value proposition for each part of the business. And just because one area is doing well does not mean it's negative for another area. And so I always say rising tide raises all ships. 360, 360 is not a brokerage answer. 360 wow. is a multimodal digital freight platform that really, as we grow the platform, it becomes good for our trucks and everyone else's trucks. And when they can see that and understand the big picture, I think it helps people come together. Guys, did you hear what she just said? So number one, when she has a relationship with the shipper, be quiet, Cassandra. Number one, when she has a relationship with the shipper, they agree upon KPIs that they not only say, this is what we're gonna to measure together, but it's a, a continuous conversation. Number two, between her brokerage and asset-based company, she has not kept those employees separated. She's created cross-functional training and opportunity experiences in order for them to understand both sides of the business. This then creates a dynamic where there's no more competition and fighting. There's understanding and empathy so that when something goes wrong in brokerage, Asset isn't saying it's their fault. They're saying, oh, I understand why you made that decision. Next time, let's make this decision. It'll be a little bit better. Are you hearing how the, the overall theme from Shelly today is communication? I'm trying to stay calm, but guys, you have been asking for this, for this, and she's telling you, communication is not just outside of your business and contract. She has promoted an environment of communication inside of her own company for her own employee development. Shelly, that is huge. Like, 
Well, you made it sound really good. Um, I'm sure we have lots of examples where it's not. <laughs> so I listen to that and think, wow, we need to do that. Um, but, you know, we're still a work in, in progress. And so by no means are we there. We are constantly on a pursuit to get better as an organization and get better together. And um, for us, that's a big part of who we are and how we think. So you have one more question here. It says, does J.B. Hunt prefer to partner with other disruptive newcomers in the supply chain vertical or to develop the technology in-house? And if you can't answer that, I understand. Yeah, no, I can answer that. Okay. I'm pretty much an open book. Um, okay, okay. So, so I would say we want to partner with who has advantages and experience different than we do. So if it's not something that we feel like will be a competitive advantage that we have to do it, um, then we'll work closely with someone that can do that as well. The other thing I'll say is there are really, really great companies that have done a tremendous job creating a part of their business that we could go build, but why would we do that? It naturally fits in uh, and it's easy. And we believe that their culture directly aligns with ours. And when we can find those matches, we're not afraid to work with people. I would say the majority of what we do, we develop in-house, but we're not afraid to talk to a really great company about their ideas. How do you vet that, Shelly? How do you vet those companies? What does that process look like? We've had questions um, to Donna about how she vets technology and how she vets her partners. Is, is it through the BCE group or is it through another group that, that does that? Yeah, so our technology team really does a lot of that work, but when it comes to like a business idea, you know, we really do that together. So we collaborate together to say, hey, what's a, an idea or a deficiency or something that would be better for our customers, our people? How do we go to market with that? And so we might start with the commercial side of it, and then we obviously bring in our IT business partners to really think about what's the best way. But I'll tell you, cultural alignment is a really key component of how we partner with other people. Um, you got one more question here and people are just rolling them in. Andrew yeah. Till is asking. Out of time, though, so um, just... Yeah, almost, sorry guys, last question. Any idea around what the second half of 2020 looks like? Economic pressure on smaller partner carriers with JB Hunt. So what, what does the next half of 2020 kind of forecast it for you guys look like? Yeah, I'm gonna have to give the same answer I gave in our earnings call. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be evasive, but, but truly it's because we just don't know. What I've said exactly. is I could probably do a great job for you forecasting this week and part of next week. And past that, we have no idea. We're focused on two things. Uh, you know, the safety and well-being of our people and meeting the promises of our customers. We're gonna do that and focus in on that. Oh, that's awesome. Guys, like that was, I think we just lost JD. I'm pretty sure. He's going to go dark for like two days of just absolute bliss. <laughs> that was one of the best conversations I've had about trucking because it, for me, it's communication, guys. And what, what Shelly was just resounding over and over is how she communicates not only with her team, her family, but her external partners. Communicate. Let's collaborate. Stop the siloing. Oh, my. I could keep going. I cut, cut, cut it off. Let's just go. Oh <laughs> Shelly, we are so happy to have you. I'm pretty sure this is going to go down as our best episode ever. Yes. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, keep, keep kicking butt out there. <laughs> yes. And Travels is right behind you. <laughs> thank you. you. All right. Thank you, everybody else. Thank you for joining us. The replay will be available on YouTube and we'll push it out on LinkedIn as well. Thank you for joining us.